All right, all right, all right. Gobble, 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 motherfuckers. This is your man, El Jamal, coming through with a Thanksgiving edition of Never Out of Bounce. Uh, we're going to get this in a little bit early today. Uh, I'm going to chill out for the rest of the day and eat like the rest of you guys. But again, this is something that I like to do. So uh, whether it be rain and shine, holiday or not, I'm going to do it anyways. That's just what you do when you love something. Uh, but you know I got the war on the street. You know I got some NFL to go over as well. Top 25. Well, basically college football playoff rankings today but let's get right into it like i normally do with this word on the street and we're gonna start off with some amazon news now amazon uh recently um emailed customers yesterday to warn them that an un unspecified number of customer email addresses were exposed due to a technical issue uh, names full names were released as well at least whatever name you gave amazon uh amazon is cryptic with the details uh there was a couple now the uh source that i got this from had attempted to uh talk to uh, amazon but they only uh basically gave them the the skinny of the situation basically that uh that numbers and well details were exposed so on and so forth not necessarily how what was exposed uh, all together because I know it was just more than I know it was more than the name and the email address uh, but customers don't know which Amazon affiliates were affected by this and where the actual emails went to and this is coming up at least today yeah today is Thursday uh, this is the day before Black Friday so just a just a heads up you guys you know be careful about where you put your information to where you're using your card information at because i'm pretty sure they probably sent that information to whoever they wanted to as well a lot of this um a lot of companies you know facebook included these internet companies they you know they get your information and they're just that's how they get their money you know um you know for a fact you know Facebook is free because that's what they've been doing for since its, since its inception was giving away your information to these third parties. So uh, watch out, you guys. Uh, be very cryptic with the information you provide. Uh, anything I, I would, you know, outside of a card number and all that, of course, I know that's, you know, important. But be be careful about the sites that you're using. That, that much I'll say because it's even looking like the, the more trusted, dependable sites are being, you know, manipulated in some type of way. Uh, we also got some Trump news. Uh, Trump has decided to stick behind uh, Prince Mohammed bin Salam, despite his, you know, connection or his outright, uh, you know, calling for the murder of journalist Jamal Khashoggi. Uh, you know, it. This is his direct quote, and I'm going to go from there. It could have. It could be very well that crown that the crown prince had knowledge of this event. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. He also went on to say, that being said, we may never know all the facts surrounding the murder of Mr. Jamal Khashoggi. So he really doesn't give a damn. And it's a damn shame. But then again, in this country, uh, he's already been calling the media fake news. He's already tried to take away pre uh, press passes from certain media members of certain media outlets. So this, you know, coincides directly with his behavior. Now, this also goes direct in line with this fact right here. No U.S. inspector even came to Turkey until two weeks of uh, two weeks after Khashoggi's uh, disappearance. So it seems to me that they didn't give a damn from the get go and since they're in business with the with the Saudis and basically the Saudis are the puppets of the Mideast I I know what people will say I know people uh, people that are not in the know but I'm gonna let you know right now the Saudis are the puppets of the Middle East uh, they are the 
that that's the pet project that Iran should have been uh, before the you know the Islamic Revolution of the 70s. That's where Iran was headed. Uh, now it's Saudi uh, Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia is in the big pockets of the big corporations all around the world, and there's they're in the big pockets of these different countries, European countries as well. So you know, and and at the same time they kind of run it. They they run their country the same way that they want to, and. Um, regardless of their affiliation so again i would not be surprised if trump started outright often his journalists that he didn't like because of what they're doing to saudi arabia because that's what he's down with i'm not i i'm not with it i think um i i don't know exactly what you can do on an international scale maybe sanction him uh maybe cut off ties to a certain extent but i'm not with the outright killing and i'm not with the calling for um, in an execution because this is what it was. I'm not calling for an investigation. I'm not, you know, I'm not down with somebody who who executed one of my citizens. That would be some issues right here. He was an American. Khashoggi at this point in time was an American citizen. Uh, he was working for the Washington uh, Post, and uh, that's you know a credible, uh, a credible employment. Credible. Uh, he's a credible journalist, and for him to be murdered that way, and for Trump to be okay with that, that says a lot about him and how he feels about the media. Uh, so I'm not with it at, at any uh, certain event. Uh, I don't agree with that. I think uh, there should be an international statement made by somebody. Uh, there should be some type of sanction levied toward the prince's way, uh, something to let him know that we do not take kindly to you killing our you know journalists but you know then again trump doesn't care for journalists so uh moving on uh, one last bit of news i wanted to bring here not necessarily news uh more like uh well i want to talk to you guys a little bit about populism and i feel like i want i wanted to do this because uh, again i know i've mentioned it uh before on this podcast but again i feel like this is something uh I'm not, I haven't, you know, gotten into it myself per se, if that's what I want to do, but I've definitely done a lot more reading about it. Uh, this is definitely more prevalent uh, in the modern era, even in this country as well. Of course, it exists in its own way here, uh, but I want to talk a little bit about that because, like I said, this is something on the rise. This is at least something that the media uh, is talking about finally and starting to uh, you know, notify us about. Uh, so I figured we talk about it. Uh, like I said, this is a movement uh, that that's dealing with us, the people. And I figured we we can touch up on that. You know, being uh, being that we are in a position that we are politically, where we are opening up and call ourselves. You know, not necessarily switching sides, but uh, you know, sharing those alternate political views. So here's another one that you go. You guys are gonna have to see or face, or uh, you'll start seeing people. You know, talking this way. So I figured I'd let you guys know. Now, uh, populism has been around uh, at least since the 19th century. Uh, the first example of any type of populist populism, excuse me. Uh, well, let me just talk about the definition first. Uh, the definition by uh, by any dictionary standard will, will be basically the support of or the support for the concerns of the ordinary people. So you and I, uh, the guys going out, guys and females going out every day to work and or go to school, educate themselves, so on and so forth. Basically, the regular citizens. Now, the first uh, ever example of this being done, uh, like I said, occurred about the 18th, actually the 19th century uh, with farmers in this country. Uh, they were being mistreated. Their prices were being uh, marked 
unusually low. Uh, they weren't making that much of a fair profit uh, compared to these big industry tycoons, so on and so forth at the time. Uh, that led to a farmer's revolt. Uh, they would eventually come together and form their own political party, and that would uh, rally the government, the federal government, to regulate the railroad and inflate the money supply. Uh, so that was your first, um, and this was all done by farmers in the Kansas and the Midwest area. So, by example, this was already being, you know, by example, populism is something that's done by the common folk, by the actual people that's working. Like I said, with this first example here, uh, 1800s, I believe, just before the Civil War, maybe a little bit after, like I said, these farmers came together and they wanted regulations on the railroad. I talked a little bit about this even with my Young Guns movie review because, again, uh, during this time when they were just establishing the railroad, uh, they were just basically, you know, establishing the western half of our country. There was exploitation. There was corruption. And um, this is when a lot of these different ideologies come in. Uh, they come in when there's some type of disruption in what's going on in, you know, uh, in the government itself, what is going on with the people. So, again, but this is but as you can see in its inception, it was done by the actual you know, the people who work, the people who uh, invest in this land, who have to work the land, uh, the workers, the farmers, uh, that 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 one thing is is I wanted to talk about that first because I wanted to give people an idea of what it should really look like, what it really is. That's why I gave you the definition first. So so you can kind of see because now uh, with with the media being involved, there's a lot of ways that they want to they want to push this towards you and I want to talk about you I'm going to be talking to you guys about some other examples uh, especially here in America uh, now of course with that being said uh, there's you know left-wing populism right-wing populism uh, but really populism itself is anti-establishment uh, really these guys see the see actually these things you know a lot of the same ways of course because one is left wing one is right wing of course you know they're going to be a little bit of differences um for example like i said white ring uh is populism is mostly anti-establishment uh left wing populism is anti-capitalism but what's funny is who pushes the capitalism the establishment the elitist which the right wing is against so that's what they say uh, they are both anti-globalization. However, the right-wing populists tend to be more on a nationalistic level, uh, you know, promoting um, either America first, as Trump would, or whatever country, you know, you may reside. Uh, also, the right-wing populists tend to be more anti-immigration and also anti-Islamic, although this exists mostly in Europe. Anti-immigration, that is a factor here. Uh, more on the left-wing side, actually, what's funny about the both of these the bulk populist is that whether it be left wing or right wing, they are both against globalization. So again, there is a there is a national sense of nationalism, whether it be left or right wing, and also on the left wing, they promote more social justice, so equality, those type of issues, uh, you know, racial, gender, you know, all that type of stuff. Now, the reason why this is you know such a big thing, populism is is um 
I'm even talking about it today because, well, for one, uh, in Europe, it's on the rise at least 25%. 25% of Europeans voted for a populist in previous elections, and they are, they are the ruling government in 11 countries. And like I said, it's even on the rise here in this country. Um, now, fact is, like I said, that that will increase popularity in not only populism, but any offshoot of the political brand that we have right now is, for one, is the is detachment of political parties, uh, you know, like we see now, uh, we have this uh, black uh, sit with amongst black people. Uh, just they 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 call themselves coming to a realization that you know the Democrats haven't done anything for them. You know, which is funny because history will told will have told you a little bit different. And if you really want to really go there, you would have to make a case that the Republicans haven't have done equally nothing for you as well. So, again, but again, it's all about, you know, people coming to a, a decision that a both parties might not be for us. Um, again, also, there's a there's almost a point in which both the parties are the same when you start getting into the argument of the lesser of both evils. Now, I know Colin Kaepernick, uh, he got a lot of flack for this because he didn't want to vote regardless in the situation uh, in the last election, the last U.S. election, the presidential election, uh, claiming that they were both somewhat evil. So, again, you know, when there's when there's a detachment from both the parties, uh, from both, well, in this country, it'll be the two major parties. In, in somewhere like Europe, it'll be just a detachment from the major whether it be populist, uh, the major popular party or just the major labor party, whatever like that, social labor parties out there. So that would, you know, when people start to detach from that or either put those parties together, put those parties together and see that there's no real difference between them. Like here, you know, putting the basically saying the Democrats and the Republicans are the same of two evils. Now, this was done in France uh, recently um, with the, the Front National. Uh, they basically put the left wing and the right wing parties together and basically want to campaign against both of them, both of them, calling them the Tweedledee and the Tweedledum. So, again, so it's either, you know, some, like I said, detachment or, you know, they're not distinguishable, you know, Republican, Democrat. I've, you know, I've gone through this a little bit before. Uh, and there are also things like, a you know, another fact that could be like a financial pri uh, financial crisis. Uh, and this establishes the belief that the elite are, of course, messing things up, taking money away and all this. And this is what's been happening over the last uh, few years in America. Now, I've uh, listened to a couple, I've, I've come across those couple right wing stations and all that. And I've heard them talk about populism as well. And that's basically what they were saying. You know, one of the things that they were championing Trump on is, is clearing the swamp, getting those elites that's been around in politics around for years, clearing that up, so on and so forth. You know, and that leads into my uh, next point. Uh, there's also, um, you know, there's also there could also be, you know, what what's the word corruption? Uh, people can also consider a, a government to be very corrupt. Uh, you know, now this happened. Now this would happen uh, in Italy around the early 1990s when they had their populist movement. Now they're they're having one again uh, in the 21st century. Uh, but originally this happened in Italy as well with the formation of one of their parties called the League. Uh, and that's headed by that was headed by Silvio Berlusconi during the time uh, Italy was facing a financial crisis. Also, the government 
officials were bribing, so on and so forth. So within the next election, all those guys were eventually replaced and they eventually tried to do something different. Again, in um, and also in Europe, in Europe, there's a big immigration problem. So that lead, that also will lead to certain uh, form uh, certain groups as well. Now, Brexit in England was basically uh, one of the bigger proponents of that was immigration. Now, in terms of right-wing popula uh, populism, uh, the right-wing version of things, that's going to be found mostly in Northern Europe. Now, Sweden and Finland, uh, they tend to be democratic countries, but yet they are xenophobic as well as a Danish People's Party. Now, left-wing populism, like I said, is already, it's already a little bit different, and it's found mostly in Southern Europe in places like Greece and Sp Spain that are normally hit harder by uh, economic downturns, and also they're more, um, they're not homo, uh, what's the word, homogenous in terms of race. There's a lot more people there in those countries of different backgrounds, different cultures, different religions. So there's varying levels of acceptance and um, success for these people. So that makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, Ireland is the wild card of Western Europe, however. Uh, this is this is normally a radical left-wing nation. Uh, they are home of the left-wing party Sign, uh, Sign Fein. Now, I could be pronouncing that wrong. Forgive me if I am. Uh, but Sign Fein has been around in Irish politics for decades. They they basically were a factor in their um, in their independence. They are the reason why basically Northern Ireland exists, and they've been a factor in Irish politics. Like I said, at least uh, since the nineteen. Uh, early 19, uh, 20th century. Uh, American poly, uh, populism, again, is a mix of a little bit of all that, uh, political reform, but then at the same time, you have, you get your demagogues. And again, uh, this is kind of funny because American populism kind of reminds me of that episode of uh, Family Guy uh, where, uh, you know, there's the Joe Working Man, you know, and you got Car uh, Carter Pewterschmidt, Lois's dad, playing this construction guy. He got he has the mullet on, the mullet wig on with the construction hat talking about how the rich are taken away from these working class guys, da 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 da, -da. Peter, Peter catches him uh, in his office right in between outfits and he's and he and he's just tricking Peter, you know, because Peter's a dummy. But this is funny because this is pretty much how uh, American populism operates, and this is why it's it's it's, in, it's at least in America, and this is why it's important to be careful. Uh, populism here is 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 uh is headed by the rich, the rich and the capable. Well, not necessarily even the capable, but just the rich upper classes in this country and then they come off as you know well we need to loosen up these regulations so we can do you know operate our businesses and our corporations so that's all it's about um like i said a far cry from the, the ninth 19th century when the farmers had come together again trump is not an example of populism populism is of the common man is of the people the workers uh the people making you know, bringing home 45K a year, 55K a year, less, 25K a year, the working class, the actual people that are actually working and investing in these jobs, the taxpayers, people who pay income taxes. That is, you know, you and I are populist or can be populist. Trump, who's a business tycoon, who's, you know, I'm sorry, neglected the common man in many ways, including his most recent tax cut. That's not populist. That has nothing to do with the common man. That does not promote our advancement or our protection. So, again, we have to realize where we're at. Um, 
you know, there's a, like I said, when I was listening to the, some of these right wing um, stations, whether it be radio, podcasts, whatever, on, you know, you know, getting closer to this election, I realized that there's a lot of conspiracy, they, you know, they, they do a lot of conspiracy theories again. And, you know, and they, and they, you know, like I said, they wanted to put Trump hand in hand with this populist movement. They want to put these Republican leaders hand in hand with this populist movement again. They are part of the two-party system. The whole point of being a populist is to not be a part of that. It's a whole different movement. It's separate. It's not necessarily democratic. It's not necessarily Republican. It is the, the movement of the common man. When you have Trump infiltrate that, we lose our steam. When you have uh, Bill Gates infiltrate that, I'm sorry, it's not the same thing. Jeff Bezos, that's not. I'm just, I'm just throwing you know, these, these entities out there. A populist, a populist movement would be. No, but yeah, uh, populism, a a true form of a populist government would be a former, a former fire chief, a teacher, a small businessman, somebody who represents. It's actually again, it's your perfect example of, of representational government because again, these are the concerns of the common people of appealing to the ordinary man. How can Trump appeal to that? How can any of these political figures say that they meet that? They can't. So, uh, with that being said, we're going to move on real quickly, guys. We're going to move on to some NFL news. I'm going to go over my top seven power rankings, as well as my three takeaways from week 11. Also, we're going to go over some college football as well. We're going to be going over the college football rankings, too. All right, y'all. We'll be right back. All right, y'all. We are back. Sorry for the technical uh, difficulties. We're going to get it right. And uh, we're going to talk about some college football real quick. Uh, we're going to go over these college, uh, play, college football playoff rankings going into, I believe this is week uh, 13. 14 for the uh for college football. No, 13. 13. Uh let's get it let's get it cracking. At number four, we got Michigan. They are currently 10 and 1. Uh they will be going to Ohio State this weekend. They're already a favorite by five and a half points. I think it's warranted. Uh, you know, Ohio State has been playing some shoddy defense the past uh, few weeks. Um, of course, they took that uh, big L to Purdue. They also could have lost to Maryland as well. Uh, they needed, uh, I believe they needed overtime to take them out. But again, something about Ohio State, uh, they're just going to have to win it all out for me. They're going to have to win the Big Ten title as well. And you know they're gonna have to win a Big Ten title as well for me, just to just to just to prove just to prove it to me. Uh, again, I think you know ten and one is great, but in all reality, I think this is what you know Harbaugh was supposed to do in a way. Now I'm not I wasn't expecting him to do it a year after, uh, but by the time last year hit, he was supposed to have been hit this mark to me. You know I. Again, when I see it, I see it. Uh, I watched a little bit of Michigan. I saw that. I saw that Notre Dame game. Notre Dame seemed to outplay them every step of the way. And on top of that, um, I remember watching their other game uh, against Northwestern earlier this year. It was a September game, and I and the thing about September football is, of course, uh, that you know everybody puts an emphasis on. Uh, I believe, yeah, everybody likes to put an emphasis on October and November. Uh, but I like to say September is is the time where you're supposed to win. If you're a championship team, you're supposed to be solidified. We're supposed to look good. You're supposed to look like that team. And uh, in September, 
Michigan played a very ugly game to me against Northwestern. I remember like it was yesterday. It was a late September day. Like I said, I'm chilling with my family. Uh, we're watching on the big time TV. They had big time coverage, of course, because Michigan. And I just felt like they played a boring game, a boring Saturday matinee game. And I was unimpressed. I think they needed a good half, a good chunk of four quarters to beat a Northwestern team that can't do anything offensively. So with that being said, I'm not really convinced by them. But anyways, we move on. We're going on to number three. We have Notre Dame. They are currently 11-0. And this week they will be going to USC. Um, you know, I would say it's a trap game. I would say to put them on notice, but the way Notre Dame has been looking, I just think they win this game. This game is a little bit too easy for them. USC uh, doesn't look to be putting up too much of a fight. Uh, very inconsistent along the quarterback lines. Uh, also, there's no real distinguishable running game or defense at the moment. So, SoCal, so a lot of issues there. I got Notre Dame winning big. Uh, we're moving on. We got Clemson at number two. They are 11-0 and as well. Uh, this week, they'll be hosting South Carolina. Um, South Carolina plays uh, plays tough. Uh, this might be a closer game uh, than what people might expect. Uh, a rivalry game, nonetheless. But uh, I got Clem Clemson winning that game, too. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has come a long way. Uh, you know, I will not. I'll be the first to say it. I'm not a fan of him starting over Kelly Bryant this year. But uh, he's done it. Uh, he's got his job. He's maintained it. Uh, he's performed quite admirably. Uh, they also have a solid running back with Travis Etienne. I've also talked about him, a Heisman candidate. Uh, I got I got Clemson winning that game as well, increasing that, going to 12-0, and 0, uh, getting ready for that ACC title game. They won't be looking over South Carolina, though. And at number one, of course, we have Alabama, but... You know, we already knew this was going to be the case. Uh, they will be playing Auburn this week in a very important Iron Ball. This will basically solidify them going to the SEC championship game. Uh, I think they like, pretty much everybody punched their ticket, but this will just keep that uh, in line. They're, you know, set to go to the national championship already. They're number one. So nothing should take away that. Uh, they they have a few. Oh, their top rusher, Damian Harris, is back and healthy. Uh, he had to go through some protocol, I believe, with some concussions. But he should be cleared. Uh, he will be ready to go. And they are full of award finalists. They have six to be exact. We already know about two of Unloa, uh, the Heisman candidate. And we also have two... Uh, they have two uh, candidates for the Outland Award, which is for the best lineman, and also a Chuck Ben Derrick Award, which for the, is for the best defensive lineman. So uh, they got they got some they got some good players on this squad. It will not be easy for anybody in this playoff to beat them. I got them paid to win the SEC championship. I don't think Georgia provides. Uh, Enough variation to beat this team. Uh, three teams I got looking on the outside, looking in. I got LSU. They're at seven right now. Again, I'd rather put Washington State here. My my personal top seven. Um, I got I got Washington State here. Of course, uh, they got they got the SEC and. Um, they got the SEC bias, and of course, we got your boys, you know, LSU up here. Uh, again, LSU played itself out of a, you know, conference championship a couple weeks ago uh, by losing, and uh, by losing to Alabama. So I, I really don't see how, how, you know, how far they could progress at this point if. You know, Bama, one of these teams went out. Uh, but they will be playing Texas A&M this week. They'll be traveling to Texas A&M this weekend. And their coach, 
Ed Ogeron. Uh, we'll give him some sh uh, a shout out because he's been around for a while. Uh, he had a, a brief cameo in that uh, Blind Spot movie, uh, but he's been a fixture in the SEC for a while. Started off with Ole Miss. Uh, he was also an interim coach at. Uh, USC for a while and he's overall a good guy his players always seem to respond well to his coaching and he's a coach of the year candidate so I like I said he's always been a name that I've heard about for a while uh, like I said a fixture in this conference so I have to give him some props good job Ed I do give LSU an edge in that game so good job guys good job and uh, good luck at number six we have Oklahoma they will be going to West Virginia this weekend uh, they gave up 524 yards last week and they also gave well this wasn't last week but this was just oh this was last week this was last week oh no 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 nope I, I digress this was a week before they gave up 524 yards and 9.7 yards uh per carry rushing to kansas and i've already talked about kansas you know i've talked about how bad they are they're gonna be signing a new coach soon that's how terrible they are they we're talking about a kansas team that has six teams in the six wins in the past Three years. Yes, they got 524 yards on Oklahoma. I got Oklahoma going down in this game. I don't even see why they're even up anywhere near uh, a top five with that type of defense. Disgusting. Uh, I think West Virginia comes in and uh, blows the lid off them. They don't have enough offense to cover to cover up that defense. Sorry, Oklahoma. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the first person that says it, and I'll, I'm going to talk about it a little bit later when I talk about the Chiefs. I don't care about great offenses anymore. I think it's it's if you're not balanced enough to play any semblance of defense, you're gonna lose. It doesn't matter how great your offense is. Cabot, you heard the saying defense wins championships. I don't care about these regular season games. Oh, we scored forty eight points. We scored forty eight points. You almost lost to Oklahoma State by giving up forty seven. You gave up five hundred and twenty four yards to Kansas, a team that's only won six games in the past three years who has only won one conference game in the past three years. Unacceptable, Oklahoma. You don't belong here. I'm just going to be honest. I don't care if they want to get mad. Oklahoma, come at me with that defense. You wouldn't be able to protect yourself anyway. At number five, we got UGA, Georgia. They will be playing Georgia Tech this weekend in their rivalry. Another edition of good old-fashioned hate. I got UGA winning this game. Uh, Georgia Tech, that option is just not its just not cutting it this year. Uh, offensively, they're not putting up a whole lot of points. Defensively, they play a little bit better uh, than they do on the offense, but uh, I got UGA winning big, so it's it's a pretty easy game. It's a, that's a pretty easy pick right there. Uh, but let's move on. We're gonna talk some uh NFL, and uh, like I said, we're gonna go over my top seven uh headed into this week. Actually, no, let's go through my three takeaways first. Uh, my first takeaway from week eleven is offense isn't everything, Kansas City. Yes, they've put up 51 points. Yes, they played in an exciting game on Monday Night Football. Great. We all watched the game. We're all excited. But again, you couldn't stop them when it counted. And the mistakes that you keep making, and it almost seems like Patrick Mahomes, every big game he throws more interceptions. I don't like that pattern. I do not think that that is sustainable. Maybe, it, I mean, because I, you know, there's a lot of talk about, oh, well, they're, they're in a spot that they can compete for many years. That's fine, but you want to win now. And I think the team that you got right now can get you to a point, but because it makes so many errors, it won't get you that far. 
and I'm gonna leave it at that. I'm gonna let the people they can feel what they they can they can feel what they want to feel. And uh, my second takeaway is stick a fork in the Panthers and the Falcons. They are both done. Uh, the Saints pretty much got that division wrapped up. Uh, Panthers might be able to luck up and get a playoff spot. I don't think so if they can't win that division. And the Falcons, you can just cut them out. They're not winning today against the the, uh, the Saints. They're not winning. They're not even anywhere near a, a semblance of of a winning competitive team. They're done. I don't even want to hear about it. And finally, the fall of the Eagles is the fastest. I, the fall off of the Eagles, excuse me, is the fastest I've ever seen. In years, I think the only team that I saw fall off as quickly as them will be the Raiders in about 04. That season after they went to the Super Bowl, they went 4-12. and This team might just do that, and it'll be ugly. I don't know what you would do. And I can't even, and for, the, and for the cold part about it, I couldn't even pinpoint what to exactly what is wrong. Uh, I mean, because outside of the running backs, they pretty much have the same personnel, guys. I, You know, it's... Mm, it's hard to say. It's hard. It's really hard to say. Um, you know, maybe that running game. I mean, I know for a fact that running game isn't the same. So they're not as balanced on offense. Uh, defensively, uh, they made some changes, but, you know, it doesn't look like it's worked for them all the way. So, uh, again, send a little prayer out for the Eagles. They're going to need it because they might even lose to the Giants this weekend. It's looking that bad, y'all. It's looking that bad. All right, let's go over my top seven power rankers. Rankings going into week uh, week twelve. Uh, at number seven, I got the Patriots standing there at seven and three. That loss to Tennessee is now ugly, especially since Tennessee could not uh, keep that momentum going and win a second game in a row. Uh, Tom Tom is Tom hurt his knee and he is limited in practice. I don't think that keeps him out of this game versus the Jets. And even if he was kept out of this game versus the Jets, the Jets are so inept that they could still win this game. I got them at seven. They have potential to rise, so don't worry about them too much. At number six, we have the Texans. They're sitting at seven and three. They had an ugly win at Washington, uh, but they better beat Tennessee this week. That does not matter. Again, uh, this is a this is a winnable division. This is this is the goodest time it's ever for them to be, you know, I think a win now will put this division out of reach for anybody else. I don't think that the Colts have enough to, to take a spot, uh, take take the division for them. We already know mathematically the Jaguars and, you know, the Tennessee is, is going to eventually play themselves out of a playoff spot. But the Texans, this is as good as time as ever to take this division, wrap it up, you know, put a bow on it, call it a day, and continue to get better. Because, again, that wa- that win against Washington, yes, as as much as it was a win, it was an ugly win. And despite the circumstances, it should have been, it well, given the circumstances, it should have been a bigger win. So, uh, they're going to have some work to do, and they better win this weekend. At number five, we have the Bears. Uh, they had the most important win in my eyes last week. They are currently standing at seven and three, uh, but they had the most important win last week. Uh, they played against a very solid Vikings team. Uh, again, uh, well, at least solid along the lines of their quarterback and their defense. Uh, their running game leaves a lot to be desired, too much to be desired. Uh, but again, they needed that win. Uh, 
they needed that win in order to again just like just like with the Texans to solidify their lead in that division uh Aaron Rodgers he wants to you know he's going to be trying to come out of the cut win a couple games you know just based on just GP just on, based on what he can do uh the Vikings are going to stay within the mix so it's imperative uh that it will it would have been imperative that they won that game last week and they did uh they're facing a tougher task today without Mitch Trubisky uh but I digress. It's moving on. We're moving on. Uh, number four, we have the Steelers at seven, two, and one. Of course, they have that uh, tie uh, first week of the season. Uh, but they are hottest in the team. Uh, they won six in a row. Uh, they seem to be. They seem to put Le'Veon Bell in the past. A lot was said about them raiding his uh, his locker after he was confirmed he wasn't coming back. But again, uh, they say it was therapeutic. It seemed to work for them. They're still six and zero. Oh. I, what matters to me is that that team is functioning, and I was wrong about them. I'll admit it. I thought they were going to fall apart because of that Le'Veon Bell situation, but they've come back even stronger. So I'll eat crow on that one, most definitely. I'm not a. I'm not ashamed to do that. At number three, we have the Chiefs. They are at nine and two. Uh, Mahomes threw even more picks in another crucial game. I do not like that, uh, and I think if your defense can't stop anything, it forces your offense to have to play to a high level. Therefore, increasing those. Uh, those mistakes. Kansas City, you can say what you want. You're gonna have to shirt. You're gonna have to shirt and shirt things up on defense before you talk about your winning a Super Bowl. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying a team that ugly on defense winning a Super Bowl. Will not happen. I won't. I won't do it. Uh, at number two, uh, we have the Saints. Uh, they are nine and one currently. Uh, they will be facing the Falcons this week, so this is going to be a easy win, I think. Uh, they are missing their rookies though. Marcus Davenport will be out. So is Trey Quan Smith. He's actually questionable. But again, I think they have just enough to get it done. They have uh, Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. That that two headed running that two head running game is is monstrous. You know, Alvin Kamara can catch as well. Uh, Falcons, you should just quit right now. It's it's going to be ugly for you guys. And at number one, uh, we have the Rams. They took back their spot. They have the most wins in the league right now. They are at 10-1. Of course, they have that epic win against the Chiefs. They are still undefeated at home. Uh, they performed pretty well on the road, too. Uh, not much you can say negatively about that team. Uh, again, maybe with the with the uh, Chiefs again, maybe they need to, they need to shorten up that defense a little bit too. Uh, they played a little bit sloppy. Um, they made mistakes as well. Uh, they were able to get some turnovers off of Mahomes, but again, just in terms of overall yardage and points allowed, still kind of ugly. Still kind of kind of ugly. But uh, moving on from that. I wanted to talk about some Thursday football. Of course, this is Turkey Day. We got a we got a few games coming on today, and currently we have the Bears and the Lions. I uh, checked in on that game a while ago. It was still zero zero going into the second half. I'm pretty sure somebody has scored by now. I told you guys, uh, Mr. Trubisky was out. Uh, he was listed as doubtful last night. Carryon Johnson and Marvin Jones will also be out for the Lions as well. Uh, I got. I got I got the Bears picking up a, a, a close one. Uh, it should be a close scoring game. They they're missing some they're missing some pieces. Uh, the Lions are missing some pieces, but more important pieces to keep them from winning that game. So I got the Bears winning that one. Uh, Redskins at Cowboys. Uh, we already know that Colt McCoy will be the starter for the Redskins. Uh, Alex Smith went down with an ugly injury that's similar to Joe Theismann's, one of their Hall of Fame quarterbacks, 33 years ago to the day uh, last week. 
ugly, and it's a, I think it might even be an omen. Uh, but three players are out for the Cowboys, including Tavon Austin and Sean Lee. Uh, but Zeke is is uh, having a, a pretty good season. 384 yards from scrimmage last two games. Uh, look for the Cowboys to definitely utilize him. Um, I love my DC fam. I, I, I've been trying so hard to keep them uh, relevant and talk some, some positivity about them this whole season, but uh, I think the Cowboys get this one. They steal this one. It'll be an ugly one again, an ugly NFC East game. Uh, but I got the, I got the I got the Cowboys getting it in a in a close one. And finally, like I said, we have the Falcons and the Saints. Uh, Drew Brees is 25 touchdowns into this year, 76.9 percent uh, completion percentage. Mark Ingram is running at 149 uh, yards per game. Too much. They've already added Eli Apple on the defensive on the defensive side of things. He's looking to help things out there. Uh, this is of course the rivalry game, so uh, do not look for uh, Atlanta to back down. I don't think they could. Provide a whole lot of a fight, but I think in the first couple of quarters, I expect that game to be pretty close. Uh, Julio Jones does have a t- does have a touchdown in the last three games, and Vic Beasley is back, and he's looking to get after the quarterback, so that might even help them some. Some so uh, look out for that. But I definitely got the Saints win. I got them winning by at least a couple scores there. And finally, uh, this is gonna be some drama. Uh, I got some Aaron Rodgers news. Yeah, buddy. And I'm pretty sure you guys might have come across this recently too. Uh he recently donated one million dollars to the victim of the Calif- to the victims of the California wildfires, which is a good commendable thing. I will give him a, a thumbs up for that. However, his brother Jordan, uh, also of NFL fame, he played some decent football down there at Vanderbilt in his college years as well. Uh he decided to call out his brother uh for not reaching out to their mom. Uh, during the fires now this is jordan's tweet and i'm gonna move on from there he says please donate spread awareness and send love but when your own mom is home alone during the fires car parked ready to evacuate and you miss the fundamental first step of compassion calling your parents to make sure they're safe everything else is just an act damn jordan no fucks given huh that's now, mind you, I get the frustration. I get there could be some anger. Uh, my thing is, you know, if you're making this about who's a better brother, why weren't you there to go get it your damn self or whatever? Again, you know, uh, I get it. Um, I've been there, done that. I understand, you know, brothers, you know, they have their stats. And, of course, this is nothing new. Uh Jordan has was on a uh, was on the Bachelorette, I believe, or the Bachelor, one of the two, and he talked about some family issues as well. I'm not for all that though. Uh, Aaron Rodgers hasn't discussed this, and I think that's smart. Uh, I think his quote was along the lines of "It's not right to, to basically divulge family business," and he he makes a valid point, and uh, it just sucks because I think and the reason why the only reason why it's even being put out there is because he's Aaron Rodgers and all that. Uh, that might be a douchebag move if this is the case. Um, I don't think his brother would take the time to go all out here and go on Twitter if it wasn't true. Uh, but with that being said, I remember watching um, the the it was either the second Godfather or the first Godfather. I think I want to say it was the second Godfather. And Fredo, uh, he was talking to that uh, that green guy in Vegas. They had that Vegas scene and. Um, and uh, he said something out of line, 
And, uh, you know, Michael Corleone walks up to him. He said, never go against the family, against outside people. Never talk about that. You know, never go against the family in public like that. And, Jordan, you got to have much more, you know, tact than that. Uh, if you really felt that way about Aaron, that's a man-to-man that's a -man discussion. You call him out on your own. Uh, I get it. You know, you're frustrated. Uh, but when you put that shit out on, on I'm going to be honest with you, when you put that shit out on Twitter like that, what you're basically saying is, Look at me. Look at look at Aaron. He's you know you're basically dragging him through the mud. You're in a way you're subconsciously trying to make yourself look better. And now the questions for me is, well, are you a better brother? That's that's what's gonna come from me. So if you're not the better brother, then why are you even trying to drag him like that? Why you would you even do that? Just talk to him as a man. I didn't like how you did that. You should have called your mama. Trust me. If there were, you know, I, I'd do it to my little brother. If there's something that he did that I didn't like, I called him. If there was something that I did that he didn't wasn't cool, he talked to me like a man. Don't go out on Twitter like that and be like, man, you should have called moms. That ain't, that ain't, that is not, Jordan, Jordan Rogers, bruh, that is not for the world to know. That is for you and your family to figure out. Now, because there could be a lot of, maybe he didn't call his mama for a reason. I don't know. I don't want to play that devil advocate role. It was, it's not our place. And it wasn't your place to let us know, Jordan. Simple as that. All right, y'all, so we're going to take another quick break. Uh, this will be our last break. Uh, we'll be going over the NBA uh, scores from last night. We'll also be going over the standings a little bit as well. All right, y'all, we'll be right back. All right, y'all, we are back. So we can go over this NBA. Uh, let's go over the scores from last night. Uh, let's start off with the Pelicans losing to the Sixers, 120-121. to 121. Uh, We have the Knicks getting a mild upset against the, set, the Celtics, 109. I'm sorry, 117-109. And I call it a mild upset uh, because, A, it's in the beginning of the season, and, B, uh, the Knicks are their, their record is so bad right now. But let's get into these stats though. Uh, Trey Burke led all scores. Uh, point guard for the Knicks, he had 29 points, 11 assists, and he also had six rebounds. Tim Hardaway Jr. had 21 points, and also forward Noah Vonley had a solid double double for performance with 16 points and 10 rebounds. Uh, now going with the Celtics, we had Kyrie Irving leading the way with 22 points, 13 assists. Gordon Hayward also. Had had 19 points and seven seven rebounds off the bench. Uh, also, Al Horford uh, had 19 points, five assists, and also seven rebounds. Um, this is, you know, this is a weird. Uh, this was a weird game. I was not expecting this one to go down. But uh, the the Knicks go to 99 on the season. I'm sorry, the Celtics go to 99 on the season, and the Celtics go to five and 14. Uh, we also got the Lakers. Uh, beating the Cavs 109 to 105. Uh, let's break down this, this one a little bit too. Uh, LeBron, of course, he led all scores. Uh, this was his return to Cleveland. Uh, he had 32 points, 14 rebounds, seven assists. Pretty damn good game. Uh, Lonzo also helped out with 15 points, six assists, and seven rebounds. I like seeing I like seeing guards getting getting over five rebounds. I think it's I think it solidifies that they're you know definitely into helping out their team. They're not uh, they're not above doing getting in that dirty work getting in that glass so i like that i like seeing that uh that means that they're definitely into helping their team win you don't necessarily see that whole, when you see that from a guard i mean that means they're tenacious i think that means that means they want they want to help you win so uh lonzo 
good 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 job last night uh brandon ingram he also had 14 points uh, as far as the Cavs go seti osman that their scores with 21 points he also had seven rebounds jordan clarkson also had 20 points and five assists all right moving on uh we got the grizzlies beating the spurs 104 to 103 uh the kings beating the jazz 119 to 110 uh we got the pacers going down and losing to the hornets 109 to 127 we have the suns losing to the bulls 116 to 124 uh the bucks get a big one against the blazers 143 to 100 uh we have the mavericks beating the nets 119 113 the raptors beat the hawks 124 to 108 uh the rockets beat the pistons 126 to 124 uh the nuggets end up beating the timberwolves uh 103 to 101 and finally, we're going to go over this game as well. The Thunder, uh, they get another win. Uh, they This time they beat the Warriors, 123 to 95, uh, 95. Let's go over this one. This one is very interesting as well. Again, uh, Warriors lose another one. This one is by a pretty significant margin. Uh, the Thunder were led by Paul George, who had 25 points, 9 rebounds, and also 5 assists. Steven Adams also helped out with 20 points. That was just enough. Uh, the Warriors were able to get some help from uh, Kevin Durant of course he had 27 points 14 rebounds Klay Thompson also helped out with 27 points as well I don't know what the deal is they really missing they really missing some, some from some Stephen Curry they're really missing that Curry in their life because uh, they missing that spice they missing something because uh-uh they've lost too many games in a row they lost a couple in a row at least was it four in a row now mm-mm I don't like it. I don't like it. They're too good for that. They are way too good for that. I don't like it. All right, moving on to these standings, though. Uh, starting with the Eastern Conference, we have the Raptors on top. They are 15-4. Uh, they're looking to really turn some heads this season. Hopefully, they can get Kawhi for the long term. I don't think they do. Uh, Kawhi is smart. He's going to he's gonna make his value expand and, and get that mass contract from that team that he's been and desiring he's smart about it he's not like a Le'Veon Bell he's not just gonna not play and then expect big time money stupid uh we have the Bucks at two uh they are 13 and four uh at three we have the Sixers they are 13 and seven at four we have the Pacers who are 11 and seven so they are still in playoff position uh we have the Pistons at eight and seven also in the playoff mix as well of course this is early in the year uh we have six uh we have the Hornets they are at nine and eight and the Magic and the Celtics they bring up seven and eight they are both at uh nine and nine excuse me in terms of the Western Conference, we have the Grizzlies on top. Right. The Grizzlies. See? Mm. Wow. Uh, wow. Grizz, uh, Grizzlies on top, 12 and 5 right now. The, Bla the Blazers are at 2. They are at two and uh, 12 and 6, excuse me. Uh, here come the Clippers at 3. They are at 11 and 6. At 4, we have the Thunder, who are also at uh, 7 and 6. Uh, the rest of these teams, they all have 7 losses, but at 5, we have the Warriors, who are at 12 and 7. The Nuggets, who are at, who are at 11 and 7. Then we also have the Lakers coming in at 7. They are at 10 and 7. And then finally, bringing up the rear, we have the Rockets, who are at 9 and 7. And finally, over 500. All right, y'all. So we're gonna take a we're gonna wrap it up for today. I'm gonna enjoy this holiday like y'all are. Uh, hope y'all eat a whole lot of food, get full, um, enjoy the time with your family. Uh, my next episode, I will be going over the Heisman, uh, the Heisman 
the highs and rankings at this point in the season. We're getting near the end of everything. Uh, I still have three questions uh, for going. We're going into week 12 for the NFL. Uh, and also, of course, don't forget, we have the war on the street. So uh, we will be going over all that pretty soon. I if not tomorrow night, uh, if not tomorrow morning, then possibly tomorrow night, maybe even on Friday morning. Uh, but I will be back soon. Uh, tomorrow will be Friday, excuse me. So if not, um, if not tomorrow, then pop, then then definitely Saturday, y'all. All right, y'all. This is your man El Jamal telling you to enjoy your Thanksgiving. If anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. Uh, y'all treat each other well, and uh, happy Thanksgiving, and have a good day. Peace out.